So, Christina, don't say anything on the show today. It's going to cost me $550, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I'm really so hated if, if we had to spend $500 on, on some kind of new tech product that made life yeah. easy. You, you don't know any of anything like that. Right? I no. just think Christina's cost me a lot of money this week, and you've done uh-huh. it before. So please, I have. and I'm going to do it again. Do it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop it. Well, well, a Brie, you can now get a rose gold Amex, so oh. <laughs> that will help you. Um, so that's number one. Uh, it, it, this is like the best week ever for me in buying things. Um, I feel like, but honestly, as you feel like American Express must keep tabs on me for them to release a rose gold American <laughs> Express gold card. Both like American Express and Google are keeping tabs on you because there's the yes. rose gold MX card and then the Google, the Pixel 3 in quote unquote, not pink, right. which <laughs> is probably not a direct response to all of your wonderful journalism on how Apple's rose gold iPhone is it's pink. actually pink. Come on, it's pink. Uh, <laughs> uh, come on, it's pink. No, it's it's great. Yeah, no, I do love that naming convention. So yes, they're both clearly um, targeting me specifically. Uh, American Express already got my uh, business. Um, Google, sorry, that's not going to happen. But uh, <laughs> Dyson did get my business. Uh-oh. Okay, okay. So uh, before we start, I just want to say to the listeners, if you're a dude and you're listening to this, just, I promise, like, pay... I, I know with hair stuff is probably not a great topic, but this would be a great gift for anyone that does care about their hair. Yeah, so there's your value. hearts and minds and ears. Also, also, if you have long hair, and I know some dudes who have luxurious gray hair, <laughs> you should be interested in this for yes. real. I agree. What with is that. it? <laughs> so uh, there's this. So, so, so two years ago, Dyson came out with this amazing five hundred dollar hair dryer. That uh, everybody was immediately like, oh my God, how can a hairdryer cost that much money? But it turned out that it was amazing. And I wanted to get one, um, but then Grant was laid off and um, uh, the person who reviewed it for Mashable didn't have hair uh, for some reason. So I didn't get the review <laughs> unit. It was the whole thing. Um, but but I've been really impressed by it. And yesterday, uh, uh, I guess Wednesday or, or Tuesday, as, as you're listening to this, uh, they announced this thing called the Air Wrap. And it is basically like, a curling iron styling hair dryer thing all in one powered by one of their vacuum cleaner motors. And so a, it dries your hair faster, which is what their old back, um, uh, hair dryer did, but, but, um, it's, uh, but it's not, doesn't get as hot. So it doesn't like melt your hair. It um, looks like if Hermione from Harry Potter had yeah. a magic wand, like, because you completely. hold it up to your hair and then it just magically, it just wraps magically sucks your hair. hair. It sucks it into this neat spiral. Mm-hmm. All around it, and it's like it's it's it like every review I've seen, like I've read YouTube reviews of it, every tech press covered it, which I loved. You know, like everyone's like, this really is like a next gen hair tool. And I was thinking about it, like you know, I've talked about how I skipped my iPhone upgrade this year. Yeah, there is nothing that would have more of a like speed advantage in my life than having a hair dryer that was that quick. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, mm-hmm. whoop, and you go out the door. Yeah. Um, so a friend of mine, uh, Juliet, who lives in Orange County, she actually got one already because Ulta has them. So I ordered mine and reordered hers yesterday as soon as they were announced. Um, but um, they, they are, they're shipping to us, so we don't have them yet. We will be reviewing them um, next week uh, for the show, presuming that we have them in time. Uh, but Juliet got hers. She like went to Ulta and got it, and then she FaceTimed with me as she was using it. Oh, my God. And, oh. and it was great. Oh. She loved it. She like, you know, it, she still had to use her flat iron a little bit to, um, to, to get 
because um, she has really kind of like uh, a frizzy hair, like she usually gets it like chemically straightened. She still had to use it a little bit, but with a little bit of time, she said it was way faster than her normal method. And she spends, she gets a blowout like once a week. So it's going to save her money on that. So yeah, so back to, to back up, this amazing tool, which we will have linked to in, in the show notes and stuff, uh, is, is $550 if you get the model with all the attachments. Which I did. <laughs> which I did as well. Yeah, so this yeah. is l- literally a very expensive thing. And, and like, it, like, like Brie was saying, like you could choose, you know, it, 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 a phone or, or, or this. But I think <laughs> for a lot of people, as crazy as it yeah, sounds. Yeah, like you said, Brie, you're paying, because you're running for office and want to have nice hair and stuff, you're paying 50-something dollars to get blowouts because that's At like least. the standard for a political oh, candidate yeah. and probably in a lot of there are many offices weeks. too. Yeah, now there are many weeks where I pay for two blowouts a week. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're good. Well, I, was, I mean, that's it. Like for me, it's like constant blowouts. And a lot of the time it's just like, I don't want to have engineer hair. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like just playing in a ponytail. Like that's fine. I'm very, I wish that we didn't live in a world where this was the it's standard. It's so frustrating. But, but at the same yeah. like, time, I'm extremely happy it exists because it's super cool technology. And it's about freaking time that those two things like blow dryer and curler were combined into one thing. I can't use either of those things. I'm very bad at them. Um, so anything that disrupts hair is great. And oh, also totally. like if you're paying a hundred dollars a week for blowouts that pays for itself in six weeks, yep, oh, which totally. is incredible. If, if, and I'm not running for office, but I, I am on camera a lot. And so it's important, um, you know, uh, like, like Brie said, it'd be great if it didn't matter, but it does. Um, so I, uh, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing my hair, so I'm very excited about this. We'll be doing a review um, next week, uh, both of us to see what we think. I did so excited briefly, for you. Yeah, I did briefly use the original model when it came out, and um, I really, really liked it. And that's why I felt so like instantaneous. I actually almost bought it. It was like one of the few times in my life that I haven't done the thing that I always do, where I buy it and then like two weeks later the new version comes out. <laughs> because this almost happened. Because in August, genuinely, I almost bought the hair dryer. And there was like a weird thing in me where I was like, hmm, I don't know. Should I <laughs> should I really do this? And and or, or is a new one gonna come out? It's been a while. This since is your done sixth this. sense, Christina. Yeah, it finally it finally like uh, uh you know uh kicked in. So I was like, may- maybe a new thing will be coming out, and lo and behold, for this once is your instinct to spend to money m- protected you. <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. This is what I want to see, Christina. Like, if you have to go on Channel Nine, like with gorgeous hair, I want to see you get some of the guys on your team, and some of them are very cute. I want to see you Dyson their <laughs> hair, oh. and then they go on the air. I want to see if you, that, if, if you think I won't be doing that. Like, okay, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I'm fair. already thinking about all the video content that is going to come from this. <laughs> it's great. Oh my gosh! Well, it's going to be a heavy show. So, shall we begin? Yeah. Yes. We've got so much news. Oh. Oh my god, it just god. kept coming this week. It kept this coming. has been Rocket Pre-Show. And now, welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined tonight by, as always, Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate at Microsoft, Brianna Wu, Democratic Candidate for Congress, and our sponsors are Squarespace and Eero. Thank you Woo. so much to both of you. Woo-hoo. So we are having a rocket week 
over here. <gasps> Holy crap. If you couldn't tell so much from news. like our pre-show about a tech product that we're going to be covering, I, I count it as a tech product. But oh, we've also got it. It has spent thirty million dollars yeah. on it. We'll talk more about it when we when we review it. But they spent six years and thirty million dollars on it. It's the most tech thing, one of the most tech things we've covered in a while. But anyway, go on. Oh my God. But coming up, of course, we have a packed show because we will be discussing uh, the Bloomberg Business Week story uh, versus Apple's story and every major telecom story and the United States government. Uh, that that whole kerfuffle that's been going on with chips being put on super micro motherboards. We will also be allegedly, talking allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Well, I mean, that's what we're going to get into, right? Uh, we'll also be discussing the Apple Watches that Christina and Brianna have both been able to play around with, and <laughs> finally, the Google <laughs> Pixel Three event, and if we have time, even <laughs> Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> so, yes. It is a big week for us. We're very excited because I think last week was a little slow. The week before that, a little bit slow. And then this week, Amex was like, rose gold credit card, baby. Mm -hmm. And then Bloomberg and Apple got into it. And we were like, okay, it's all going down. So in the interest of getting us rolling, let us get started. So you probably saw the Bloomberg article about... Microch- or bleh, about chips allegedly being included on motherboards produced by a company called Supermicro in California. These motherboards were allegedly used in servers by the United States government, by Apple, by Amazon, um, by I think there are many other things. This story came out a little bit ago. The events in it took place in 2015, thereabouts. Um, and there were many anonymous sources detailing the United States government's response to this, uh, Apple's response, etc. This week, there have been many concerns voiced, first and foremost from Apple, who put out a statement saying, Bloomberg contacted us for over a year trying to get a statement for this story, and we told them over and over again that this did not happen. Um four or five major telecoms also came out and said, we got, we have no idea what this is about. And there are several sources from the story now also saying, I don't know about the context that my quotes were used in. Bloomberg is standing by the story. Um, those reporters standing by their story and the entire intelligence community is kind of <laughs> up in arms as, as motherboard wrote in their story that came out this week. Like, Asking, well, what is the truth? Oprah voice. So what is the yes. truth? <laughs> what is truth? What it, I, and not, and, and, guys, and, and what not is? even Lindsay Lohan can tell us. Because uh, <laughs> that's where that clip comes from. This was oh. the amazing uh, oh. uh, Lindsay Lohan show. Um, How's she doing? How's she doing these days? <laughs> I don't care. She <laughs> says me. Uh, she's, kid, she's, she's attempting to kidnap children is how she's doing. I, and that's, I know. I know. I know. Uh, I know. And that's not libelous, yeah. uh, uh, Lindsay, because you posted it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, we all saw the video. Which, oh, why would she it. even do that? But go on. Let's go back to okay. uh, our very I, large story. I, I am going to go on the record, and I'm going to use some language. I'm going to say this story, in my opinion, with the evidence that has been provided so far, seems like a pile of horse and I'm sorry, but it's like if so, you know, the original Bloomberg piece, it really makes it sound like at the manufacturer level, 
a lot of motherboards and hardware has been compromised. It's made its way into Amazon. It's made its way into Apple hardware. And if it's as widespread as they seem to indicate, show us a motherboard that's been compromised. Show us some example. Like before we even get into the way that a lot of iCloud architecture is built with end-to-end encryption, like show us some hardware. And until they can like offer some proof that feels conclusive or some some logs, like any kind of evidence to show this. I just, it's like now so many of the sources from this piece have gone out and spoken on the record. And a lot of the, the sources in this article have even said they doubt Bloomberg's reporting. Apple came forward and said in an extremely strongly worded letter how much they just think it's, uh, the, and they're completely denying it in the strongest terms, to a point that there would be very strong legal consequences if they weren't being forthcoming. So, um, yeah, my position is this is a bunch of, um, it's it's BS at this point. I mean, how do you feel? I'm conflicted because, I'm going to be honest, the um, uh, vociferous denials from Amazon, from Apple, from the Department of Homeland Security don't actually make me uh, doubt the story's veracity. Okay. Um, uh, because, we, and yes, there are certain, you know, canary uh, w- w- ways around canary warrants and whatnot, but there are, are certain, you know, things that are just classified and that people are going to deny. Um, and we've seen that happen before. I mean, you know, uh, the government was trying to deny a lot of the Snowden revelations until there was concrete proof that that happened. And to this day, they still, um, you know, um, dissuade some of the, uh, um, you know, brass, or, or I guess not dissuade, they, they um, I guess, um, are uh, at odds with the veracity of some of the um, the, the things in, in, in the Snowden's claims and in those leaks. And, and in that case, we have documents and we have things that other people have basically said this was happening. So I don't actually take them saying this isn't happening as it's not happening. Um, also, all the statements have been parsed in such a way that there is a possibility there could be some truth to some things and that there's wiggle room in that. That said, I do think that the original story, as it's been reported, is in my opinion probably not accurate, and I have nothing to go this on, uh, nothing to go based on this other than what other security professionals have said, and um, especially kind of their uh, some some people who you know mentioned that they were um, uh, you know uh, one of the sources I guess in the article who maybe feel that their words were potentially taken out of context or have not taken out and, and probably not with malicious intent, but perhaps with the intent of saying you know I was explaining how something might work and then this became you know, fodder in the story um, mm. that said that this is what's happened. My personal gut feeling on this is that there likely was something happening. I don't know if it's still ongoing or not, but there was at least a threat. I believe that, be, I believe that, you know, the person who wrote about the, the story, this is the real problem for me. The reporter doesn't have a, a hugely strong technical background. This isn't someone like Kim Zetter or Andy Greenberg from Wired. This isn't right. somebody, um, you know, uh, from, from, from um, like, like, like Dan um, uh, from, from Ars Technica. This isn't even Brian Krebs, who also does, you know, great reporting, but, but isn't going to be as, you know, uh, you, it, it's not one of those um, reporters. This is somebody who has government ties. And so who's probably getting his information, I would assume, by people um, within the government who have either heard about these things or, um, they think that they've seen certain things. And, and again, these are probably people who likely aren't necessarily overly technical. What that means is that the reporting itself 
doesn't have a lot of the details that engineers are going to want to see. Now, that doesn't mean that that they're that they don't exist. And in fact, you know, depending on what the, the circumstances are, uh, anybody who's saying that it would be impossible for this to exist is wrong. But um, it, it also there are a lot of holes and and a lot of uncertainties with the way that it's been described. Which means that if you don't understand, you know, the technical realities, and if you don't understand that space enough, and you're writing a story, you might get things wrong. Um, although Bloomberg, you know, is a really great publication, and they have, you know, lawyers that make sure that they are going to be as accurate as possible. And I'm sure that it went through extreme vetting, especially if this was in the works for more than a year. It's very likely too that those editors and those lawyers don't have as much of a technical background either. The problem, and, and in some cases, you would be able to show it to other people, to outside people, and maybe get their feel on things. I could understand that with a story like this, especially with the types of sources involved and with you know what's potentially at stake, this isn't the sort of thing you'd want to show to a lot of people and get a lot of kind of peer review on to make sure the technical details are correct. And I don't know, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't know the reporter, I don't know anything about um, how he went about the story, but I. I, I can't feel but like reading it and, and hearing things that people who talk to him have, got, have now gone on record and talked to him uh, for the story have said to or and people who've talked to him for past stories have said to, to think that it's possible that without any malice at all, he misunderstood certain things and conflated things in a way that uh, was inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. I, that, that's how yeah. I feel. But so but, so yeah. but I, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say that everything about this is false at all. I'm, I'm not, not saying it's I'm, false. I'm, I'm, I'm saying not, I'm not it doesn't sell me on it at this point. With the evidence they've provided, I don't see anything here that backs up their claims. They have an FBI source. I've worked with the FBI during Gamergate. And I'm sorry to say, everyone I talked to was beyond technically illiterate. Um, you yeah, know, it depends on who you're talking to at the FBI, fair, honestly. Fair, fair, but we're talking, well, okay, that's fair enough. And I don't doubt they have some people that could do that. But they've got a source at the FBI. I don't think you can automatically assume every source is going to understand this. No, I, I agree with you. They've got lines here that just don't make any sense. Okay, I'm going to read this. Implanted chip can alter part of that code so the server won't check for a passcode. Okay, and presto, a secure machine is open to any and all users. A chip, here's where I don't believe it. A chip can also steal encryption keys for secure communications. End-to-end encryption does not work that way. It's well, the architecture is to like stop man in the well, middle well, attack. Yeah, here's the problem, Bree. What if your yeah? man in the middle of the attack is altering the Linux kernel, is making changes to the firmware, and is then able to capture the information? This is what I'm saying. Like, if, if okay, yeah, so, that's so, fair. So, so, so this yeah. is my point. Like, it's definitely technically possible, but the way it's been written, and and there are a couple problems with the way it's written. One, because of the publication that broke this story. Their audience is uh, business users, is is financial people, right? Is is mainstream. Um, I mean, not not like you know CNN mainstream, but but certainly not technical people. Again, this is not the sort of audience that if this were written, even for something like the Guardian, you know, when 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 those stories broke, they have or or the Register, which would be another good place, which would have more technical analysis. But it's certainly not up there with what Wired would do if they had you know Kim or 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 uh, um, Andy writing the story, or if Dan uh, was was doing it for ours. It's a different audience. And so part of that, I wonder how much of you know the details were dumbed down for that audience. Now, that, that to me, though, in a story like this, I think that's the wrong decision. I think if you're publishing this story, you have to be as technical as possible. And if your reporter doesn't have enough information on there, then uh, I, would, I would say that you need to get the reporter team up with someone who does. But 
you know, I don't want to judge that process, but you know, I still, all I'm saying is, you know, and there've been, there've been a lot of kind of theorizing about how this could be possible and it all seems outlandish, but it it's not out of the realm of possibility. And, and so I think I, I also, my, my, my gut feeling says that there was some sort of attempt and it probably isn't as widespread at all as, as what the implication was, but there might've been some sort of attempt with with this company to maybe put some sort of spyware in it was likely caught and likely you know stopped before anything happened but for the number of of of, of what they claim to be you know on record um you know uh secure uh you know um law uh, i guess a uh, uh, you know national security sources to be commenting on it i agree with you that a lot of those sources probably don't have the technical acumen to know but that means that there have been rumors that something's been happening um, it just doesn't make any sense to me that this story would fall out of thin air if it were if there weren't there was even at least one happening. incident that Apple mentioned in their statement. Um, if I can find the quote, uh, they found an infected driver on a quote unquote single micro super micro server in one of our labs. Right, sure, uh, right. They point to that as the incident, which kind of lit which the fire. Right. Right. Well, and it caused them to drop them as a supplier. So like Apple did, and this was on record, and this was reported, you know, by people, you know, years earlier, did drop Supermicro as their server uh, uh, provider. And, and Apple says, oh, it didn't have anything to do with, you know, our, our fears about this sort of thing. But there was some sort of bad firmware update or something that we couldn't verify. And we said no. So, you know, um, uh but then there has been another telecom company that has come forward and, and and has said that they, you know, had, you know, uh, going on record saying that this sort of thing happened, um, or, or something similar to this happened to them with super micro. I don't know. My gut feeling is something happened. I don't think it's as bad and sky falling as what the report made it out to be. Which but is I'm a also, relief, right? It, oh, totally. <laughs> but I, 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 but, but, but I also don't feel like the, the denials honestly, don't make me feel any better either. I have run an entire congressional campaign about us getting more serious on cybersecurity. And I love the fact that so many sources in this story are taking it seriously because we do need to have a national conversation about the fact that so much of the hardware that Americans use in our iPhones, our computers, it is made in Guangzhou, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to cast dispersions, but like that's out of our control and we need to start thinking about the fact that we could be using compromised hardware. That is an utterly fair point. But I think at the same time here, there you can't prove a negative, Christina, right? Like right. I can't prove anything you just said or this story says is true or false. But what we can do as members of the public, we can say, mm-hmm. okay, do the does this reporter have um you know like logs they can post so you know infosec professionals can look at this? Is there hardware? They're talking about widespread right. hardware that's been compromised. Has anyone seen this? Um, you know, compromised firmware, that's fair. I expect that. That's not a shock. That's a far cry from saying, you know, this this article really seems to suggest that a ton of servers at iCloud. It really puts a lot of emphasis on like yeah. it calls Supermicro essentially the Microsoft, I think, like the office yeah, the of, are. Yeah. of yeah. servers. Yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. I mean yeah. that that's but like true. they're they're the, putting the, that emphasis and and pointing out like how absolutely the the absolute magnitude 
of infected devices. So that to Bree's well, point. I mean, no, and I agree with that. Although, again, I would say like and, and, and it doesn't come through with the re-reporting of the story. But if you read the story, most of this is kind of coming from the from the perspective of this is not the sort of thing where um, this is affecting consumer data. This would be the internal stuff. This would be them trying to to you know like spy on the internal things that are happening. They're, they're, the, the claim that's being made isn't that iCloud or that AWS or whatever or that the customer data has been at risk of this stuff. It's been the the internal um, uh, servers. So you know that w- which is interesting, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you that the definitely the framing of this, the, they call it the big hack. This is the cover mm-hmm. story of, of, of Business Week magazine, like that this is, you know, they, they are they are going all in on that. I think that there's definitely problems with the reporting. I don't think that anybody, I haven't seen anybody come out and be like, yes, 100%, this is affirmative. My only thing is the immediate denials don't make me feel like it's false. And um, uh, certainly, you know, the Department of Homeland Security is saying that, that there's no truth to it. And regardless of the administration, I wouldn't believe that because governments aren't going to come forward with this sort of stuff. No, um, I, I agree. You know, with that. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what we can hope is that more information will, will come out. We can figure out probably how it's, it's not what it is. Maybe people can be start filing freedom of information requests and see if there have been ongoing inquiries into certain things. And and you know, the the real way to clear this up would, would be the people that do know why this is a conversation can leak documents that will prove that this either was or was not happening. I don't know. They need to, Bloomberg, if they stand by the story, and they do currently stand by the yep. story, this is what I would say. Um, you know, We had a really big journalistic disaster this year when uh, The Intercept published something and uh, Reality Winner ended up going to jail because they did not like properly hide the sources, right? Right. This this woman ended up going to jail because a reporter did not really mm-hmm. check stuff and identified something. What I want to see Bloomberg do is I think it's this is ultimately it's a credibility question. So if they stand by this story and they don't want to give it to the public, this is why I would say bring in Kim, you know, bring in different people, the the kind of writers that do have credibility on mm-hmm. this. Let them write about this. Like, keep your sources private if you need to, but have someone with more of a technical background report this out further in a way that adds confidence to the story. Because right. I don't think it's inaccurate at this point to say the the proof is just not there. And you know, like the New York Times uh, financial thing on uh, Trump that came out last week, mm-hmm. they've got a first-class business unit with credibility investigating these crimes. They showed their work. That yep. was a story of credibility. I this agree. story lacks that level of credibility. So I think they need to step yeah. up and provide it. I mean, it. I one thousand percent agree with you. And and you know, if I were the editor in chief of Business Week magazine, I don't know if I would have run this story. Um, yeah. uh, but but I also can sympathize somewhat with, you know, writing about something, a reporter writing about something they might not know about. And, um, you know, if you have all these high level sources telling you something that that's how you get things wrong, but that's also why you have to be doubly, triply careful, especially something like this. I, I, like I said, I wish that this story had been written for, for, for good or for bad, but however it came out by a reporter who's actually really connected with the security world, because yeah. then I think that that there would be a lot more details. Because unfortunately, you know, being written by a defense, you know, kind of, you know, a, a government person, you know, who covers that sort of beat, 
it it changes um, the nuances and and um, makes people question things. And and you know the 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 scary thing about this, obviously, is while it's great, like you said, that people are taking things seriously, we don't want it to be to the point where because Bloomberg may have gotten things wrong, that future concerns are dismissed. Right. Out yeah. Of hand. The best thing that could come out of this is more investigation and more writing. Yeah. On this subject. I have I a, one quick note. You, you both, you, one of you linked to a wonderful Twitter thread uh, from yes. Robert Lee kind of going over yeah. the story. And one of the lines that he said in this Twitter thread was, I found their technical knowledge to be insufficient in covering these stories, which is why I've been somewhat quiet in this topic, because my technical knowledge is also deeply inefficient. But one thing that really stood out to me about this initial story and that I would love to see handled better in future reporting is I think it can be possible for us to talk about the United States and China without falling into fear-mongering and racist language. But there's Mm -hmm. a part of this where they're describing the San Jose factory that produces... um, the, the these devices and it i feel it unnecessarily goes into there's all the employees speak mandarin there's chinese writing on the whiteboards chinese pastries are delivered every week and phone yeah. calls are done in english and then again in mandarin and the mandarin ones are more productive because more people speak it and i i just like that information about oh they're eating chinese pastries at work and speaking chinese i feel is very it's an unnecessary thing to say about a factory with quote unquote hundreds of full-time engineers. Like it, it's, it's not necessary to cast the factory like that, that workplace in that light as like almost as if it were some kind of den of t- spies in a yeah, bad racist yeah. cold war movie. Like I don't, yep. it doesn't matter if they're eating Chinese pastries at work. That is really an unnecessary detail that I feel fans flames of antagonism that don't need to be fanned here. Like there's enough going yeah. on. Yeah, I, I, I think that. that's fair. Simone. You know, on this, uh, on, on rocket, I mentioned a lot, uh, about how the democratic national committee had put out a, um, um, you know, story about not basically warning, uh, candidates not to use certain Android phones, uh, you know, made by Chinese companies. Mm-hmm. I happened to go see my uh, father-in-law who immigrated here from China a few weeks ago. And without me even mentioning that, he was just up and down about that. Like talking about how he and a lot of other Chinese people felt like, you know, it was just kind of a a move to kind of stop um, basically uh, China from competing with Apple uh, with some of their devices. I'm not saying he's wrong or he's right, but I do think it's possible for, unconscious racism to be part mm-hmm. of this, the story here. So I think that's really Without worth saying. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, and I, yeah, because I think you can have both things. I think you can have a very real concerns about supply chain, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, intervention and things happening during the su- supply chain process. Um, during in the bloom, Very rarely is Hacker News ever interesting or, or useful in any way other than like, you know, Real um, talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because honestly, a lot of times it's a dumpster fire, but there were some interesting conversations in the Bloomberg hack story from people who said, look, I've seen, you know, when we order certain things from from China, you know, we have to double and triple check things because they will, you know, the, the suppliers will change parts on us or will change other things, will insert things. And 
and and it costs us a lot of money to do you know spot checks and whatnot. Like that's a reality that 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 sort of stuff can happen, which is why companies really need to pay to have people on the front lines and look at stuff. Um, it, that can all be true, but what's also true is that sometimes a lot of the language and the way that people are kind of looking at things are xenophobic and and in some ways might be you know to your father in law's point. Um, because of, you know, anti-competitive reasons rather than out of actual, um, you know, proof of anything happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we will continue to be covering this story on Rocket as it undoubtedly continues (laughs) developing. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can make your next move. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Christina, what, what, what's one kind of website you can make with Squarespace? Well, you could have a store for uh, Theranos.online. No! <laughs> you bought it. I did buy it. Are I you going to make it. your own Theranos t-shirts and sell them there? Uh, please, please. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to. I am kind of afraid of the cease and desist. But well, at this point, the boys doesn't represent them anymore. So Listen, I mean, they need all the money it? they can get. This is true. This is true. I might. I'm. 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 I'm definitely thinking about it. So yeah. Uh, hmm. At the very least, it might be links to some some Redbubble things that I totally didn't make. Hmm. Well, you could <laughs> have that online store on Squarespace. You could also have a portfolio to showcase again all the beautiful art that you're making of Theranos and Theranos mm-hmm. accessories. You could even start a blog on Squarespace where you could write about how much you're learning about art. And also about fraud. Squarespace Ooh. is the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of those things. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and you don't need to upgrade anything. Squarespace has it all covered. They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. And they'd let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. One example of that would be the wonderful Theranos.online. All of these award-winning templates that they have are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. And you know what, listeners? I bet you could come up with some even better ideas than our Theranos, our illegal Theranos fan store. (laughs) So if you are interested in in showcasing an even better idea, you can go to squarespace.com slash rocket. Their plans start at $12 a month, but you can start a trial just right away, you can build a whole website. And then when you decide to sign up from squarespace.com slash rocket, you can use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and to show your support for us here at Rocket because Theranos is going to sue us. So we really, <laughs> we need the support, y'all. We really do. We need it. So please use our offer code because that will go to our legal fund. Yes. Yes. All All <laughs> proceeds. <laughs> All go proceeds to will go to getting Christina. See, 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 this is what's going to happen: is that I didn't go to Disney jail, so my 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 recourse is I'm going to be sent to action. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. First, she yeah. tried to take our blood, and now she wants our money. Mm. <laughs> no, I I really I enjoy my Squarespace website a lot. I have a lot of fun messing with it. I recently, despite all promises that I made to the contrary, did redesign my author website and i think it finally looks freaking baller i found a a theme that will let me have the number of links that i want displayed and then it rather than it like in the theme i have now they're always there on the side no matter what page you're on and you don't have to like scroll down or anything to see all the links so they're really easily accessible from anywhere 
which is super important, especially for author websites, because people who buy books can be many different ages. And some of the ages of people who buy books are not that tech savvy. So it's it's a rare, it's a very big deal for me to be able to have everything right there. So nobody gets lost on the website. All right. Thank you so much, Squarespace, for your support. Again, you can go to squarespace.com rocket and use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you so much, Woo-hoo. Squarespace, for your support of Rocket and Relay FM. I love the idea of like, uh, you know, like Elizabeth Holmes, like her hair is all straggly. Yeah. Like she can't just, afford like, the Dyson. Right. She, right. And she's, <laughs> at, totally. she's at the end of her rope and like she's just meeting. She's outside Christina's house. Yeah. Just like, you know, I'm coming you will for not you. Make fun of me. I love um, it. I also, yeah. I love that. I also love the idea of like 70 year old um, ladies um, reading Simone's um, um, smut. My filthy <laughs> smut. They are. They're out there. They're. Out I know there, they Christina. are. I know they are, and I love it. I mean, I, I, my, my, my grandmother who died when she was ninety used to read Daniel Steele and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Bless and when her. I was older, and I read some of the books, I, it was like, man, this is this is some dirty this stuff, Grandma. Like, yeah. hell yeah, you get yours. <laughs> like, hell, right on. I like it. Well, what else do you like? Your new Apple Watch. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, let's yes. talk about the new Apple Watch. <laughs> So I guess this is going to be kind of like a quick review. I, I, hope I will don't be, yeah. know what to, I mean, so bottom line, this is a huge step up from the previous Apple Watch. Even if you own the three, I think you should consider getting the four. Um, the screen on is a million times better. It's faster. My favorite feature is it, um, if you work out and you forget to turn it off after you work out, it will like beep at you. You'll be like, Hey, do you want to end your workout? Or, yes. Hey, do you want to start your workout? Both of those are great. Um, I could not go back to the old Apple Watch screen. The bigger size of it is just awesome. Um, it's, it's a huge step up, but there's nothing I can really point to for being like a killer feature with it. It's just basically a much nicer product with a better screen. I mean, how do you feel, Christina? Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if I would say that if you have the three that you, I mean, I think it depends on, on what three you have and how, how you use it. I think if you use it all the time for working out, it might be, you know, worthwhile. Um, if you, you have it kind of for notifications, some working out and, and more kind of general things. Um, maybe not like I, I, I thought that, well, I, I went from the, from the zero to the three and that was a huge update. And so part of me, I guess may, might be kind of spoiled by that. Um, I will say this, I agree with you that the, the new screen is great. Um, it is bigger and I love the bands, you know, uh, fit, uh, still, but it is bigger. So if you are like me and you have childlike wrists, mm. your watch is going to look bigger on your wrist. And it, to, to the point where people I've had being like, oh, is that the 44 millimeter or whatever? And I'm like, no, this is the small one. It just looks giant on my wrist. Wow. So I've had to kind of get used to that a little bit. So if you have really small wrists, you might still prefer the old style. I'm just going to be honest. Um, but I, I agree with Brie in the fact that it, it's faster. Um, the, the the new workout stuff is really good. I like that it like notifies you and say, hey, it looks like you're working out. Do you want to start something? And also that it'll you know beep and say, are you done? Because that's the thing that I always forget to do, which yep. is why it doesn't ever capture my workouts. Is that I I you know like I'm like damn it, I wanted my points, you know, because the really for me. The only reason I do any sort of exercise is to <laughs> to close my circles. And, um, and so anything that's going to help 
benefit that and get that working is great. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I I will say for me, I don't find the wrist size thing. It it doesn't. I don't. I don't really notice it. It does look like a bigger watch on your wrist. I mean, it's it is noticeably bigger, but it's also thinner, so it feels better. Yeah. No, um, and, and, and yeah. to, be, to be clear, like for me, like I'm saying this for the very small portion of the population out there who has extremely small wrists. Like if if, if your wrists are not childlike, and it, or if you are not buying this for a child it's not going to make any sort of difference. And for me, I still prefer the new watch to the old one, if not, if only for the gold color. I'm just being honest in that it is bigger. And people have commented in photos they've seen of me wearing it that it looks large. Yeah. But that's just a product of me being very petite. Now, I think that's fair. The yeah. EKG isn't out yet. That ability is, is not. not present yet, right? Nope. nope. But the falling is, is. Have you yes. guys... Play around with that at all? <laughs> I've not been in a, a risky. I've not like, passed glad. out this week. So yeah, no, same, same. Yeah. I have not either. And I read somewhere, and this might be different. I think that it might only be enabled by default if you are over a certain age. Oh, um, so I don't. So, so I don't know. Uh, I haven't. I haven't played with that. And fortunately, I have. Like, like Bree, uh, I have not been in any falling situations. Uh, Joanna Stern's video for the Wall Street Journal, though, was great. She hired a stuntwoman. Um, <laughs> and, and, it, and it showed that it was excellent. So, you know, that's super exciting. Um, I love her. I love her, too. She's so great. Um, uh, I would love to have her on the show sometime. But, like... Um, I'm looking that up because that needs to go in the show notes. <laughs> it really does. Uh, it was so good. Uh, it's just showing me falling. And But, yeah, I, I, I feel like, um, you know, I've already I've already had a fall this year. I kind of don't want to... Oh, yeah, you had right. your thing. You know? Oh no. Uh yeah, no. I I I do want to say like why why do you not feel it's worth upgrading from the 3 because for me I the cellular model if I remember correctly Apple is giving me I believe 250 for my old one. Oh, that's really good. Well, and, okay. Oh, okay. Well, then that changes things. If you're able to get 254. Yeah, 254 it and then, you know, this one was 500. My old band fits on it and it's like you know, for me it's like I didn't get an iPhone this year. Do I feel guilty about spending, you know, $250 right. to upgrade my Apple Watch to something is drastically faster and buy your something $550 hair dryer? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh yeah. you know, you well, can I, okay, also- that's a good point. If you if yeah, if you can trade it in. My, my point was really just if you're not somebody who uses it for fitness, yeah. So you're using it all the time. If you're mostly using it for notifications, maybe track your, you know, your, your heart rate, your, your walking, that sort of thing. I don't know. I, you know, if, if you got the cellular model last year, I don't know. Now, if you can get a good, if you can get good trade in for it, that changes things. But yeah. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know. Like I'm not. I don't regret it. But I also didn't pay for it um, other than tax because my company gives me um, a fitness credit um, that I used to pay for the, mm. the, the steel, you know, gold model. Oh, that's right. Cause you got the, yeah, you got the real metal one. I just went with yeah. the aluminum. So yeah, there it is. All right. Well, let's talk about the other big, <laughs> the third tech event of our <laughs> week, which was uh, Google's pixel three event. So they the announced most leaked, the, the most leaked phone of all time. The most just, leaked has phone of all time <laughs> available for pre-order uh, yesterday. Ah, ah, yesterday. Uh, the Pixel 3 event wasn't just about the phone. They also uh, revealed the Pixel Slate for the first time seen by human eyes. And they also talked about the Home Hub a bit. 
and they uh, launched this truly uh, <laughs> omnipresent. I guess I can call it an ad campaign, the Taken on Pixel 3 thing that is sweeping magazine covers all over. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone's disclosing it as SpawnCon, which is interesting. Um, But yeah, okay, so Pixel (laughs) 3, they are really gunning, gunning very hard for the best camera in the world title. They really are. They really are. And also having watched uh, the highlights of it, oh my god. Actually, yeah. (laughs) They're doing good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's fair to say that at this point in time, and, and probably will remain this way, um, if, if we're just gonna be honest, that um, you know, um Google's software game when it comes to their to, to their camera stuff, especially with their AI things about, you know, sensing stuff and, and making adjustments is probably the best of anybody's out there, including Apple. Yeah, one of the things that they announced, uh shoot, what is it called? It's not night shift, dark. It is basically uh, using AI to fill in colors in photos that are too dark. So if the faces are shaded in, it will use machine learning to translate all those shadows into what the colors should actually be. Obviously, I haven't played with it uh, myself in person, but it looked freaking incredible. The wider selfie angles Mm -hmm. looked very, very good. And... Yeah, it, it just looks solid as heck. Yeah. yeah. And in portrait mode, you know, they they've they've act they've made the first accurate case. And and I mean Apple definitely followed with the with the iPhone um ten R um is taking this tactic where using software to to do a portrait mode and basically proving that you can do it as good with one camera as as you need to with two when it comes um for for, for you know most people's needs and and whatnot, which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really interesting story. Um, you know, first of all, Lauren Good's uh, coverage of this for Wired was amazing. She yeah. had some fantastic pictures of it on Twitter. Um, but I found a story about this very interesting that the features uh, coming into this camera is not really hardware based; it's right. more software based, mm-hmm. and because of that, they're able to. Uh, basically bring that to older Pixel phones. So, you know, Google really upping their software game and kind of competing with the, you know, the Apple longevity thing and going back to past uh, products and kind of continuing to support them. I thought that was really, really positive. Um, At the same time, (laughs) this is so superficial of me, but like when I have my 10, um, I very quickly stopped seeing the notch yeah. But on the <laughs> Pixel 3, it's like, okay, so the the iPhone has kind of a, a, a Ken doll style hmm. like notch bump there. Right. Um, this hmm. is a very big notch that's there. Yeah. Like it's, it's no, I really don't really like a big notch. Huh? It's, yeah, she, it's just she, too she much notch for me. It's too much notch. Oh my gosh. It's too much notch. It's distracting. She's not a notch queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. It's actually funny. I, I saw something today that they are going to have like a software feature so that you can kind of hide the notch. <laughs> they'll, they'll add a like black bars censorship. You know, to the top of the screen. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Uh, save the notch. Uh, no, free the notch. That's it. The hashtag is now free the notch. Free the notch. Um, <laughs> uh, get it trending, everyone. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm with you. I don't know if I love the the design, but also part of me you know, we saw it months ago. In fact, this thing was so leaked. Not only was it was what were, were the renders leaked and all of that, uh, then it was found in in the back of a lift, and the lift driver 
knew the leak so well that he was able to to, to get it to, to someone before returning it, you know, to, to the customer. He was able to take photos. Then it was actually for sale in Hong Kong over the weekend before the event. So oh my, uh, my, 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 my friend Richard Lay at, at Engadget was able to buy one and show it off. And then, and then, and then the day of the event, Google releases their, um, uh, I, I guess they put their like recap video, goes live on YouTube before the event started. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. Oh. I mean, we gave Apple um, a lot of crap as we should have, you know, for for all the leaks they had with the iPhone this year. But this is like... At this level, you kind of just have to throw up your hands and say, well, (laughs) you know what it looks like. You've seen it before. Yeah, I know. This is just, this was just a cladicism of errors. But yeah, to your point, Brie, I think it's really interesting that they are bringing some of the, the, the features to older devices. I think that's great. What I think is also interesting, too, is that, uh, and this is actually happening in the photography world right now, um, where, um, you know, the the big uh, obviously you know sensors and 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 uh, optics are are still there's a battleground for that but we're almost at the point where especially like in in AP uh, you know and uh, non full frame and and some of the the micro four thirds or um, APS-C kind of cameras the lens systems aren't really improving over time sometimes they're getting faster but the real improvements that are happening are usually with the autofocus and are on the software side and that's where the real battle has been in the kind of the high end and and um, you know like more professional camera space. And it's interesting to see that same thing happening um, in cell phones where, you know, at this point, not that there can't be advancements in optics, but because your glass is only going to be able to get so big unless you have a really huge bump, you know, we're almost kind of at a point where like, okay, the optics are good enough and you're all, we're all going to, everybody's using the same Sony sensors and chips and and they, they produce great results, but the real standout feature and the thing that's going to take a camera from being, you know, um, a, good for, you know, a cell phone to literally, whether it's SpawnCon or not, being able to put it on, you know, the cover of a magazine mm-hmm. is the software. And, um, you know, historically, Apple has been the best with camera software on on, on cell phones and, and maybe some of the best, you know, camera software, period. Um, but Google, because of their, uh, frankly, they're, they're better at, at, at AI and machine learning, um, they're doing some really, really impressive things. Um, and it's uh, it's interesting to see. And uh, I think that everybody, not just just Apple, but frankly, but Sony and, and, and Canon and um, others should be taking note, too, because um, it's going to get to a certain point where if you can do this sort of stuff, you know, on your phone where you can have the, the these AI tools working automatically to, to do things the way you want them to, why would you spend a thousand dollars like I just did on a on a you know um, Sony mm-hmm. you know RX one hundred Mark um, five like if if that's not going to offer those same sorts yeah, of yeah the the things. sheer amount of things that they were able to show it doing was the first time that I've really been sold on it and impressed by it not that it wasn't impressive before but it was just kind of like a I don't know that I need that but this really sold to me I I'm very lazy about taking <laughs> yep. photos. And I don't necessarily have the technical expertise to understand what I need to do to make a right. bad photo look good. I see other people with their beautiful photos and I'm like, I I can't, can't compete. I'm out here taking bad photos and posting them on Instagram. That's not how I want to live in 2018. So yes, the idea that it could be done automatically is attractive to me. Strongly agree. How do we, how do we feel about the Pixel Slate? 
I mean, it's, I mean, just get a Surface Pro. I'm sorry. Like, like <laughs> people really liked the, the Pixel book. Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. I work at Microsoft, but like, I would say I would make that same snarky comment even if I didn't. Like, people really, really, really love the Pixel book, which is their super expensive Chromebook. Um, this I'm not really sold on because if you, if you spec it out and if you include the price of the keyboard and the keyboard costs more than the Apple keyboard for the iPad Pro or the Surface keyboard, I, you know, it, it costs more and I don't really understand why because it's still ultimately running Chrome. I don't, and and right now, I, I, you know, every time I've attempted, and it's been a little bit since I've done it, but Android apps on, on a, you know, Chrome OS still aren't a great experience. I don't know. Like, it, it's, it, I guess it is useful for some people who might want to do that. I just, I, I don't think that the, the, the tablet form factor really necessarily is ideal here, but I mean, Cool. They're doing it. They're getting in that game. I have to that agree with everything happening. you just said. Yeah. All right. I have a I have a question for you both. But first, I'm going to tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Eero. With Eero, you can build a Wi-Fi system that is perfectly tailored to your home. Considering the extremely high bandwidth world that we live in now... For example, where you could be recording podcasts from your home or perhaps downloading large games from the PlayStation Network. You need a (laughs) distributed system in your home to make sure that you get the best speeds available. And with Eero, you can install an enterprise-grade Wi-Fi system in your home in just a few minutes. It starts with the second-gen Eero device. It has three 5 gigahertz radios, which allows for increased speed and range, and it sits on any flat surface and connects over Ethernet or wirelessly. Then you easily expand the coverage throughout your entire home by adding some Eero beacons. These are small devices that plug directly into your wall and allow you to reach every single corner of your home with that delicious, juicy Wi-Fi. And Eero is now also introducing the Eero Plus. This is designed to provide simple, reliable security to help defend all the devices in your home from malware phishing, and unsuitable content. Ew. Eero hmm. Plus can automatically tag sites that contain violent, illegal, or adult content, so you'll have powerful parental controls at your fingertips. It includes ad-blocking functionality to help improve load times for websites that are full of privacy-invading ad tracking. And it's also possible to have Eero Plus check the sites you visit against a database of millions of unknown threats to prevent you from visiting anything malicious baller. Eero Plus even includes subscriptions to Encrypt.me for VPN protection, 1Password for password management, and Malwarebytes for antivirus solutions. Holy heck, that's a lot of stuff. That's extremely cool. Bree, how do that you... That is extremely cool. Do you feeling good about your Eero? I love it. Uh, you know, I'm a, I am love my Nintendo Switch, and uh, you know, I got one of those hoary joysticks for it. It, fix this, it fixes the Switch D-pad, and uh, I was trying to like play this game upstairs in my bedroom, like going to bed. And you know, like my wife, I was just a little quirky because I was on the top floor of my house. I just like got up and I moved the uh, repeater beacon over into like one room over, and then it was like boom, perfect Wi-Fi <laughs> in my house. It was just. I, it was so awesome because it's like you unplug it and then you just plug it back in and I go to the app, make sure everything is working right. And it's just done. I mean, it's 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 fantastic. Oh, I need I that for it. my grandmother's house. 
in <laughs> rural Vermont. Well, right. And now you could also get her the, the plus stuff. I really do like the well, idea of kind of bundling. Dead. It's just her house, but uh, go on. It's just her house. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but, but for, but for anybody who is, if you're looking, you know, I used to always tell people to get Apple, um, you know, airports for, for parents or for less tech savvy people. Cause even though they cost a little more money, um, they were easy to set up and, and, and maintain. Um, and you didn't have to deal with, you know, the, the nightmare that is a lot of other router software for regular people. Certainly the software that comes with, the router built into your cable modem, if, if that's what you're doing. And um, I do like this idea of this kind of plus service of saying, okay, you're going to get like the security stuff. Like even if you wouldn't use the the parental um, stuff because you want to watch all the adult content out there. Um, of course. <laughs> you know, having, I mean, I would, but like uh, being able to have, you know, like one password and malware bytes and, and other things and like, you know, looking, you know, for, for malicious websites and having, you know, a VPN built in, like being able to get all of that also through, you know, uh, your, um, your server or whatever, your router or whatever. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, if you'd like to know something very cool as a listener of this show, you can get $100 off the Eero base unit and the two beacons plus a year of Eero plus by going to Eero.com slash rocket and using the promo code rockets at checkout. That is awesome. E-E-R-O dot com slash rocket and the offer code rocket. Yes, it is awesome, Christina. All right. My question that I have for you two is, our plan for the show was to discuss the Home Hub and Facebook portal and then Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I am proposing to you, since Christina would like to go get dinner, what mm-hmm. if we table portal and Home Hub until we have yep. more information about portal? Sound good? Sounds great. I just want to say you'd have to be insane to put a camera by Facebook in your house. I agree. What a That's bold all and controversial opinion, Brianna. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. And I would also like to say that I'm glad we're kind of tabling it because we'll see reviews of the of the Home Hub, which to me was actually the most exciting part of the event, weirdly. But anyway. Ooh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm very excited to discuss that when we have more information on both devices. Which means it's finally time to talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. I know you've all heard me talk about Assassin's Creed games before. What? Guess what? I like this one, too. What? Yay. Shocker. <laughs> but, like, Odyssey does, it changes the format of Assassin's Creed in a, a lot of ways that I do think are cool and that I do think are necessary. And it kind of, I wrote about this when I had my eight-hour preview a while ago. <laughs> It sits, just bragging quietly, humble bragging, (laughs) it it sits in this place, this odd place where it is trying to please both the the vocal community online who wants and expects certain things out of an Assassin's Creed game, while also realizing that for some people, myself not included, Hmm. that format has become stale. Um, so it, it majorly invests in complexifying the combat and kind of bringing that to a level where, like, it's very important. You can't get through the game without engaging in some just straight-up face-to-face melee combat, um, even though sneaking and assassinating is still a large part of the game. Like, you can't get by without mastering mastering melee combat. Um, and it also adds role-playing, in-depth role-playing, both through dialogue options and through the way that you construct your character and your character's abilities. Oh, and the fact that you can choose a character. And I think a lot of those things were very well done. Like, none of them are 
revolutionizing what it means to be a role-playing game or an action-adventure game in 2018, but it is changing what it means to be an Assassin's Creed game, and I think that that is super cool. And, and like, gay Tumblr is really into it. And gay Tumblr <laughs> is very excited because you can have romance options and you can play a super buff, awesome lady with good hair and big arms, and you can kiss other ladies. And that's extremely important. I, I think that's a killer video game feature right there. I mean, that, that really makes me not buy it. We all agree. Just being and honest. like, yeah. Brie, oh my God, Cassandra uh, is incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. in just in, in terms of, I mean, I think the character is very well written, but she's extremely well acted and well animated as well. And like I said, like, she's buff. She's got huge shoulders. She's got big old biceps. She's got scars all over her arms. She's a mercenary, and she looks like somebody who throws swords around and gets in fights for a living. I love it. It's very good. Okay. Okay. But I do, I mean, look, I, I'm i sold on this, and I've been very bored with Assassin's Creed for a very long time. I think, you know, this gets me a lot more excited about it. That said, this game has had some controversies about it. Uh, the first one is the... Uh, basically pay to level up quicker system. This game has gotten a lot of criticism about the fact that you're kind of locked out of certain areas of the game until you hit certain levels. And it takes like three, six, multiple hours of grinding to do this. And then they just basically pay, you can pay $10 and double all your experience and get through the game quicker. How How do you feel about that critique? Is it fair? Is it unfair? I'm kind of I'm sitting with my feelings on this one because here's my story. I did not notice a a slowdown as it were. The game definitely it's very long, it's very difficult. It asks a huge investment of your time and even playing on normal mode as I am regularly you cannot at lower levels take on somebody as much as two levels above you. It's just not possible. So leveling up and grinding to level up is a necessity. I personally, I'm enjoying the side quests and I feel like it's not an artificial barrier as it were. However, here is my caveat. I found out um, that the code that I got from Ubisoft is for the deluxe edition of the game, which comes with a couple um, gear, some some outfits, basically a, new, a skin for nice. my ship. It also comes with a temporary XP and money boost that was uh, applied mm. to the first two hours mm. of the game. So unfortunately, and, and I, I was actually not aware of this when I installed it. I've been trying to solve this question this week because i i of this discussion that's happening about the potential xp boost because there's one that you can buy um in the game in the game store and then there are different editions of the game that you can buy and some of them have a boost kind of packaged in with other things like dlc skins as i said um so i got the code and not really looking at what I was installing was like, yay, game, install. Yeah, I'll download these costumes and booted it up. And then I saw, 
as I as I was looking through these versions, oh, deluxe version that comes with an XP boost. Oh my god, have I been playing with an XP boost this entire time, like thirty hours? Mm. The answer is no. I played with it for two hours, um, and it was forever ago, so I no longer remember those two hours. Plus, though the first two hours, like I played the first eight hours at an event, and then I replayed the first eight hours when I got the game. So, I, I, I can't my my experience with it is kind of muddled and i at that point was not really looking out for artificially uh enforced pacing issues um my coworker ben kuchera did play i think he played the first 10 hour 10 or 15 hours without boosting and then paid ten dollars for the permanent xp and money boost and he in his opinion, that radically changed how the game felt balanced to him. Yeah. I I personally don't think like I'm I'm way past the point now where that XP boost would have applied because again, I'm 30 hours in. This was <laughs> literally 28 hours ago. Uh I was affected by my temporary boost. So I, I we have differing opinions on how the story content has like been revealed quite slowly quite me- at a measured pace over the course of the game i enjoy okay. it he felt that the first 15 hours were slow for him um i think the larger conversation or it, it it's all a large conversation there's another conversation happening i guess between a public who is paying minimum 60 dollars mm-hmm. for a game and is upset yeah. to see in the game store an option to pay 10 extra dollars and play that game faster because I think that the anxiety is, was it balanced to push me towards making that purchase or was it balanced to be playable as is playable vanilla and with this option to make it somewhat faster. It's called the time savers in the time savers section of the store. Um, and I, I don't have an answer to that question because I, I I personally like the idea of creating time saver options, especially in games like this one that are literally is going to take you something like 80 hours to finish right. all the story yeah. content without like that's that's just what the game is. That's how it is designed. Um, and it's very I'm not saying that it, I don't think it's like stuffed in a way to make that like it's not being artificially stuffed it just is that way so i like the fact that the option is there but i do agree with people that there there is not a lot of transparency about why these things exist and then there's also this and for these people the fact that this option is in the store Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not pushed on you within the game there are no there's no prompt that I can recall seeing that's like, now check out the store if you want an XP boost. Um, it's just something that I was exploring the store um, and we saw it there. But let's be honest. Yeah. This is Ubisoft. I mean, they. I would I would be as- astonished if they didn't optimize it. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's a separate conversation to be had about how games cost more to develop than ever. Uh, It's harder and harder to recoup your investment in Mm -hmm. it. Especially with something like this, which is enormous. 
Right. And it's, you know, it's all new art assets. This isn't like an expansion. This is a, this is a really bold take for, for Assassin's Creed. So I think it's, it's fair. I think there's a discussion to be had about at what point are gamers going to pay more? Because yeah. the way we found out how to do it is you is things exactly like this. Christina, you and I are gonna hit that button, we're gonna pay that ten dollars and yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna pay get it. on with our life. And, and, and lots of people yeah. will. I was gonna say, I mean, what's interesting is they must have done the the you know, studies that show that if they build the ten dollars into the price, if they just charge ten dollars more for del- for a deluxe version people aren't going to buy it, but more people will when they're playing the game, mm-hmm. you know, just, just go ahead and say, okay, give me that boost and, and let me double my XP faster so I can grind through faster. And like, I'm typically not okay. Like I'm typically, you know, fine with, with speed options. Cause as somebody like, I don't mind grinding sometimes, but sometimes I would just rather pay and then kind of get onto it. But I do feel like it's a valid concern. People say, are they purposely slowing things down so that people will spend the $10? For me, I almost wonder if a good compromise in this situation would almost be to almost incentivize more grinding, which is to say you can spend it, but you could, if you did a certain number of tasks or whatever, you could earn, you know, something that would give you the equivalent mm. of the boost. Yeah. So, you That's know what I mean? Like I, yeah. like, like, I wonder if that would be almost like a, a, a happy medium, at least at some point, because clearly the only reason they're doing this is because they found, like like Brie was saying, they've, they've done all the the, the math and and just... Like to me, it does also seem weird that they're not selling like a super deluxe edition that has this thing built in. Hang on, right? Christina. Like, hang on there. Because uh, we actually just published today on Polygon a breakdown of all of the Assassin's Creed <laughs> editions. Um, and I, uh, okay, it looks, okay, it does look like even in the most expensive edition, the XP boost is a temporary boost. But yeah, they're they're selling they're, they're covering every base because they're at they have this ten dollar option to purchase a permanent one in the game store. They're selling standard game for sixty. They're selling a deluxe for um, seventy nine ninety nine. They're selling a gold edition for ninety nine ninety nine and an ultimate edition for one hundred nineteen ninety nine. So oh my goodness, yeah that that's why we have a literal guide for what what version of this game to buy because they all have different things. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, the boosts that they're selling in the bundles are all temporary. All right. I have one oh, yeah, last yeah, question yeah. for you before we end the show. We're at hour minutes, but I've got to ask you this. Um, I am someone that I played a lot of Assassin's Creed 1. I didn't love it. I played a lot of Assassin's Creed 2. I really loved it. By the time I got to the one based in Boston, I was like, this is kind of repetitive. And then when they came out to the Assassin's Creed, the ship one, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and then even when they finally brought a female protagonist uh, as a deuter protagonist to the game, I'm playing it. I'm like, I played this freaking game five times already, and I didn't like it that much those times. This is a game where they really tried to take a second and reboot everything. So I guess my question is, does it feel fresh? Like if I'm kind of into Assassin's Creed, but I've just kind of been unimpressed for a while, like, is this a good point to like pick up the story and enjoy it again? 
That is an interesting question for me as a person who has always enjoyed Assassin's Creed. Even Black That's, Flag? Wow. Well, I didn't. Black Flag actually, flag actually didn't play. Um, okay. But I think, like I said, the parts of Assassin's Creed that you didn't enjoy, breaking into the like Assassin's Playgrounds and sneaking and like laboriously making your way through a complex of people which i love i love that um that is still an element of it that you will have to contend with i don't think it does anything revolutionary with the combat but i really friggin enjoy the the mastery that i i feel like i'm gaining over melee combat gaining i'm 30 hours in that i've gained i'm a master now um <laughs> just because it does involve like managing adrenaline and choosing to deploy different abilities at different times like there is a more strategic layer of it than in previous games plus you're adding in parrying and dodging and things like that um so I think that if you enjoy third-person, like, combat adventure games, then there is definitely something to love here. If you're just straight up all the way bored with the elements that have been the bread and butter of Assassin's Creed for all this time, maybe maybe you wouldn't enjoy it so much, but the focus of the game I do feel has been shifted largely from that sort of stealth approach to a more bull in a China shop approach, which I I've super enjoyed in this, in this one. Plus Cassandra's a total loser. She's great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Hey, we finished the show. Uh, what are you doing this week? <laughs> Brie? Uh, well, I'm, uh, starting my 2020, uh, congressional campaign. We had an article come out in Mary Claire, uh, this, this week. Uh, I think it's one of the better things I've written. It's kind of, uh, looking at, you know, I won, I lost, I'm persisting and talking about, you know, kind of what it's like emotionally to run for office. Um, one of the things that really surprised me is everyone seems to think running for office makes you, a terrible person, I found it really required me to become a better version of myself and really look at my faults and, you know, level up my social skills. So uh, that's out this week. It's gotten a really good reception. I'm very proud of that. I really, I read it uh, today, this afternoon after I got home from work. I really liked it. I especially liked your very frank discussion about the um, statistics of first-time candidates running. Yeah. And um, and also about the money, because I think that's something that's so important to know, not to despair, but just to be conscious of the fact that it's not, like you said, it's not Star Wars. It's not sweeping in and saving the day. It's a long game. Yeah. And it's one that hopefully, I mean, you're committing to, and hopefully we'll see a lot of other new people who are new to politics commit to, because it's 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 so hard and it takes so much privilege to be able to devote the time to that. But I, I, we need, and that that's why we're in the situation that we're in with the government that yeah. we have. Anyway, ooh, yeah. our non-political show. Christina, what are you <laughs> doing this week? Uh, yeah, so I'm just, uh, I've got a lot of uh, videos that I'm doing next week and um, just uh, planning for some conferences and some events that'll be happening um, at the end of the year. 
and uh, um, uh, in very uh, eagerly awaiting both my hair dryer and my rose gold credit card. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for it. it. I am. I'm so excited. No, I'm, I'm, I cannot wait. I'm genuinely <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm like already thinking about like, should I do like some sort of YouTube video? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm very excited. Do a lot of Instagram, <laughs> Instagram stories. Uh, what am I doing this week? Uh, we are gearing up for a horrible thing, <laughs> which is Red Dead and Fallout 76 oh, and man. Call of Duty oh, and man. eventually Battlefield. Oh, oh and, also, thing. Uh, and, and, when, and when does the Resident Evil 2 remake come out? Christina, do you think I have time for Resident Evil 2 right now? No, I, I don't know. That's a big game, so I don't know. I think it's not till next year, or am oh, I okay. wrong about that? Um, you, might, you might not be wrong. I just have been seeing stuff about it. But yeah, I mean, those I've been watching alone. obsessive YouTube videos about that, so I'm really pumped about that one. Uh, me too. But yeah, no, but, but, but between Fallout 76 and Red Dead, uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like January 25th, 2019. Did you see this that came out today? It was in the Steam forums for uh, Red Dead. And it was like, it was a gamer talking about like, uh, boy, I sure hope that the new Red Dead has a lot of use of the N-word for Yikes. for historical significance. And Max Temkin tweeted that. And it's like, gamer culture is awesome, y'all. Yeah, and Jesus. It's like, it's like, what is our field? Why, what? Don't know wrong? why. What's going on? No, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this because I actually just recently replayed the the first one um, uh, on my Xbox One uh, using the, like the 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 fallback mode or whatever the compatibility mode, mm-hmm. and I forgot how good that game was. I I really really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption, so I'm excited. I'm I'm very excited for this one, and I'm praying. I don't know if you guys have seen the Fallout 76 coverage yet, mm-hmm. but I don't think it looks very I good. It, I don't think it looks good either. It I looks really, horrible. It it kind of does, and I'm I'm a big, I mean, especially like Fallout two and three. But like, I'm a big Fallout person. Uh, I know I'm not a huge gamer, but like, I love my Fallout. And I'm yeah. ready to be proven wrong, but I. They're moved to an open world. It really seems like uh, I'm not not uh, oh, obviously it's all an open world, multi-player, yeah, online world, like where you're getting quests from computers and you never run into a person while you're out there, and then you come back and a computer gives you a reward. That just sounds dreadful. I I really hope I get. I have. To, I mean, I'm gonna have to play both of them, but I really hope that I get to spend more time with Red Dead. Anyway, um, well, I'm preparing for those things to happen to me because Fallout comes out in November. Its beta starts, I think, at the same on the same week that Red Dead releases, which is the week of the 22nd of October. So, ha ha ha! Death unto me, Christina. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. And uh, you can find my stuff that I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And um, I'm really mad now that we're talking about this because Rockstar has like Red Dead merch. Um, and now I'm looking at that. Oh, oh no. Don't show it to me. If Christina. you find something good, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Brianna, where can we find you online? <laughs> find me on Twitter. <laughs> at Space Cat Cow. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon. If you liked this show, please take a second to give it a rating on Apple Podcasts because that's how other people find it. Um, if you know someone in your life who's like losing their minds over the <laughs> Bloomberg article, um, 
give link link it to this. You can have so much to talk about together uh, once you hear uh, Christina and Brianna talk about it. <laughs> or also, if anybody who's really into Assassin's Creed, pass that on to them. Yeah, and uh, and, and and of course, everybody needs to stay tuned next week because we will be reviewing the hairdryer and and, <laughs> yes. and, and and styling wand we're very excited for the sake That's of the long-haired people in your lives if, if it gets mm-hmm. delayed i'm gonna be so upset it's mine cool. ship i got my shipping notice oh. uh from congratulations from well it, it, it does it, it's not in the system yet but i have the the tracking number so it's it's out from ups or so i'll fingers crossed that it's not like the six day ups so we'll see Yay. All right. Uh, Yeah. So, yes, do those things. We super appreciate it. And this episode of Rocket is terminated. An hour and 20 minutes and terminated. Terminated. 